The Golden Orb In this episode of Signs and Secrets, host Mariana Bartol takes a closer look at the great sign seen in September at Fatima. We know Fatima is unique among Marian apparitions in many respects. One aspect is how public the apparitions were. Our Lady even gave external, physical, public manifestations of her presence, which thousands of onlookers witnessed and testified to. Given Our Lady's perfection, every detail of her apparition conveys truth and grace. For example, the golden orb surely highlights Marian dogmas. Find out which in this episode. And we can certainly conclude that Fatima's intimate and profound connection to doctrine, as well as its very public nature, are just two more factors which disprove that specious argument that Fatima is just quote-unquote private devotion. As Catholics know, on the Church's liturgical calendar, September is the month in which the Church honors Our Lady's Nativity on September the 8th, the Holy Name of Mary on September the 12th, Our Lady of Sorrows on September the 15th, and Our Lady of Ransom on September 24th. At Fatima in 1917, September was also the month before the miracle promised by the beautiful lady to the three shepherd children. It was also the month after the children had been kidnapped, when, as far as the public knew, they missed their August visit with the lady. But rather than discouraging pilgrims from the apparition site, even more came. Today, I will describe and briefly explain a particular sign, first seen at Fatima on September the 13th, which also happened to be the eve or the vigil of the triumph of the cross, also called the exaltation of the Holy Cross. This beautiful sign was repeated a month later, on October the 13th, on the day of the miracle of the sun. Dear listeners, hello and welcome. I'm Mariana Bartold, the guest host of Signs and Secrets, featured by the Fatima Center. I'm the author of Fatima, the Signs and Secrets, and Guadalupe, Secrets of the Image, as well as the host to my own modest channel called Genesis 315. Thanks to the generosity of the Fatima Center, you will find in the description box various links to my works and to my channel. To continue, as I already mentioned, it was on August 13th that the three child visionaries were kidnapped by the mayor of Orem, he who was known as the Tinsmith, and he did this on the very day that the lady was expected in August. To briefly tell that story, they were harshly interrogated, threatened with death if they would not reveal the secret given to them by the lady in July, and inevitably imprisoned with adult malefactors. On August the 15th, the children were released. Four days later, on Sunday, August 19th, Our Lady unexpectedly came to them. She again promised a miracle in October, so that all may see and believe. But she also told the children, if you had not been taken away to the city, 
the miracle would have been greater. That sad announcement underscores the Catholic doctrine that every sin committed against the mystical body of Christ wounds and otherwise negatively affects the entire body. However, so does every act of virtue build up the mystical body. And in consideration of that truth, we should ponder if the children's fortitude, moral courage, and yes, even when under the threat of death by a secular authority who had the means to do it, their final perseverance in response to the graces given to them by God may also have been the reason for the new sign which first appeared at Fatima on September the 13th. You might recall that in the very first broadcast of Signs and Secrets, I addressed and I explained some but not all of the signs that were by witnesses seen or heard during the Fatima apparitions. You might recall that in Episode 1, entitled A Cloud Rising to the East, what was initially discussed was the delicate white cloud traveling from east to west, which then serenely settled over a young, three-foot-high homo tree upon which Our Lady of Fatima stood. Starting in June of 1917, when the first witnesses came to the apparition site, this lovely cloud appeared, and it continued to appear every month through October. By the way, I mention this cloud because it also plays a new part, so to speak, with the new sign first seen in September. That said, over the course of five months from June, when the first witnesses came to the apparition site, to October of 1917, witness testimonies revealed the following additional signs which were seen or heard in different months at Fatima of which the symbolism is examined and explained in my book, Fatima, the Signs and Secrets. There were claps of thunder, either as the lady arrived or as she departed. There were flashes of light as the vision approached the small homo tree. The ground of the apparition site momentarily trembled like the briefest of earthquakes. The branches and the shoots of the young homo tree upon which the lady stood mysteriously bent to the east as the apparition departed. Atmospheric changes of the sky's luminosity, similar to a solar eclipse or changes of unusual color, from yellow gold to all of the colors of the rainbow. Some people even reported seeing stars in the sky at high noon. A relieving drop in temperature during the hottest days of summer, accompanied by a cool, fresh breeze. Small white objects, described as stars, roses, or doves, gently falling from the sky, only to disappear before touching the ground. And flowers were seen on the trees in the Kovdi area at a time when flowers would not appear. And then, in September, only moments before the expected apparition of the beautiful lady, the great crowd of people, numbering in the thousands, saw a luminous orb of extraordinary light, gently gliding toward the earth from the eastern sky and descending toward the Hallmark tree. But this magnificent orb did not rest upon the small tree. Instead, as it reached the homok, it vanished, and then the delicate white cloud suddenly appeared in its place. Another manifestation occurred when the lady's visit to the children ended. 
Many witnessed that the globe, or the orb of light, reappeared and serenely ascended into the sky toward the east. Here it is essential to emphasize that this globe, like the cloud, always came from and departed to the east. That is also described in episode one about the cloud. Let us then consider the meaning of this beautiful globe of light. The testimony of the witnesses reveal that their immediate thought was that this glowing orb was a visible means of transport for the Virgin Mary, who is risen from the dead and assumed body and soul into heaven. In other words, this globe draws attention to the assumption of the Blessed Virgin. Now, in 1917, the assumption of the Virgin Mary was a church doctrine, which would be solemnly defined in 1950 as a dogma which was to be held and is to be held by all the faithful. When reflecting on this Fatima sign of the luminous globe, one comes to the realization that at no other church-approved Marian apparition did Our Lady exhibit any display of being carried, so to speak, from heaven to earth. For example, in the 1830 apparitions of the Rue de Bec to St. Catherine Labret, the Virgin suddenly appeared in the chapel. The saint could even hear the rustling of the lady's long gown. With one exception, there were no bystanders to attend or attest to any other outer signs, and so it must follow that none were given. And in fact, in the one case in which the saint, at prayer with her other sisters, that means her sisters, the nuns, saw the Virgin in the chapel, but not one other person was even aware that a heavenly vision was taking place. Then there was the 1846 apparition of Our Lady at La Salette. It was a one-time apparition, and there were no witnesses except for the two visionaries. The 1858 apparitions at Lourdes, France, were different, because Lourdes is the first of modern apparition sites where there were onlookers. St. Bernadette Subaru stated that the lady came to her simply appearing in the Grotto Niche. But when she was pressed for details, she did say that a golden cloud within the niche quickly preceded the lady's appearance. The people who came to Lourdes during St. Bernadette's apparitions would testify to the saint's demeanor during her ecstasies, but none reported any sensible signs attesting to the vision's presence. In other words, neither at Lourdes nor at later sites like Pontmain and Pelmozon were there any public manifestations of the Virgin traveling to or from the apparition site. There was no cloud, no orb, not even the tiniest glimmer of celestial light witnessed by the spectators. Neither were there other signs like those at Fatima, like a flash of lightning, brief claps of thunder, trembling of the ground, the gentle rain of small white objects described as petals, doves, or stars, or any atmospheric changes of color, light, or temperature. The one-time apparition of Pontamine does have one exception, which were three stars in a triangular formation that onlookers saw only on the one night in which the Virgin appeared. Those three stars were never seen again. And of course, this observation does not include Our Lady of Knock, which was a singular appearance witnessed by anyone who came to the apparition site. 
In addition to the dogma of the Virgin's Assumption, it seems that the Fatima Globe simultaneously reminds us of the Virgin's magnificent office in the whole of salvation history. For example, St. Bernard addressed the Lady Mary as the Heavenly Chariot, while St. John Geometra saluted her by saying, Hail, resplendent car, signifying that, quote, she is the car in which her clients mount to heaven, unquote. St. Athanasius said, quote, And thou, O Lady, was filled with grace, that thou mightest be the way of our salvation and the means of ascent to the heavenly kingdom. Unquote. This magnificent orb of light attests to her own words at Fatima when she said, I am of heaven and not I am from heaven. As Father Hugh of Laverty wrote in his book, quote, God wishes to make use of Mary for the salvation of souls. The mysterious, beautiful globe confirms that the Virgin is assumed body and soul into heaven, and it simultaneously confirms the doctrine that Our Lady is the mediatrix between mankind and the Lord Jesus Christ. She herself is the heavenly chariot that leads souls to heaven when they cooperate with God's designs. This golden globe reminds me of what Our Lady said at Fatima to Lucia and through her to us. Are you suffering a great deal? I shall never abandon you. My immaculate heart will be your refuge and the path that leads you to God. On a final note, dear listeners, please join me every other Wednesday here on the Fatima Center Channel for more episodes of Signs and Secrets. Until the next time, may God bless you, and may Our Lady Mary keep you and yours under her starry mantle. Salve, Regina. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. For more resources regarding the message of Fatima and to support this vital apostolate with a donation, please visit our website, Fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. Immaculate and sorrowful heart of Mary, be our salvation. Sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come.